It's time to think differently about healthcare, but how do we keep up? The days of yesterday's medicine are long gone, and we're left trying to figure out where to go from here. With all the talk about politics and technology, it can be easy to forget that healthcare is still all about humans. And many of those humans have unbelievable stories to tell. Here, we leave the policy debates to the other guys and focus instead on the people and ideas that are changing the way we address our health. It's time to navigate the new landscape of healthcare together and hear some amazing stories along the way. Ready for a breath of fresh air? It's time for your Paradigm Shift. Welcome to the Paradigm Shift of Healthcare and thank you for listening. I'm Michael Roberts here today with co-hosts Jared Johnson and Scott Zeitzer. On today's episode, we're talking to Bonnie Sheeran, an independent patient advocate in Houston, Texas, about her work and how patients need help navigating today's healthcare system. Hi, Bonnie, and thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, pleased to be here. So we are now up to episode 10, on 10 episodes through this first season. And we've had some really fascinating conversations with people that are just in all various components, all various spots of sort of the healthcare continuum. And we've had a chance to talk to doctors, to practice administrators. And in our last episode, we talked to somebody from an accountable care organization, and she was telling us about just how the entire system was designed to help patients not get lost in the middle of everything, you know, and as exciting as that is to hear that there are systems that are really designed towards that and are, are helping alleviate some of those problems. Even in the episode, we talked about how few organizations are really set up to do that. And so I'm very excited to get to talk to you today, Bonnie, about your role as an independent advocate and I'd love to just start off with, you know, how did you get into patient advocacy as a career? Okay. Well, I basically was doing patient education, medical video over at MD Anderson Cancer Center. And I was very comfortable in the world of oncology. You know, we went everywhere with our cameras. We interviewed patients. I did doctor videos for conferences so I could talk doctor talk. You know, it was all good. Then they merged our department. We're part of the UT, University of Texas system, with a doctor, a famous ER doctor here in Houston, who would do syndicated TV shows. And they switched me over to working there. And I went from everybody sitting around comfortably talking about meetings and talking about oncology to everybody running around with their hair on fire. (laughs) But it was... As much as I was kicking and screaming, <laughs> changing, changing that position, basically, I learned a lot. Because the ER doctor would say, let's do hepatology this week. Let's do nephrology this week. Let's do immunology this week. So I learned a lot about a lot of different specialties. We also went everywhere with our cameras. So I kind of learned the protocol and how to approach things, the, you know, the ebb, the flow, the, you know, how hospitals kind of how they worked, how you could approach people, you know, what you could do and that sort of thing. Had my younger daughter. I left the Texas Medical Center, basically. So I started shepherding family and friends to the med center because the Texas Medical Center is one of the largest in the world. And most people, when they get there, they're like a deer in headlights. I mean, it's just so overwhelming. So I was always taking family and friends through the med center. And my daughter said, hey, you know, people probably do that professionally. And I said, I don't think so. I've never heard of that. 
And sure enough, I get online and there's two organizations. One's APTA, which is, I'm going to read this off because it's an acronym, Alliance for Professional Health Advocates, and NAHAC, the National Association for Healthcare Advocacy. And they started up in 2009. I joined those groups, and in 2014, I started my company. Wow, that's great. Yeah. So what are some of the things that you do to help patients as an independent advocate? In some parts of the country, there's a bunch of advocates, like in Washington State, Southern California, and they all specialize, like in different aspects of healthcare. Texas, we're kind of, <laughs> we need to build up more patient advocates. I'd like more of us to join on, you know, get on the bandwagon. So I do a little bit of everything. I help people untangle their insurance and medical billing issues. I go with them to doctor's visits and you know, take notes and help them ask the kind of questions to get the care they need. I also run up to hospitals. I've done a lot of, a lot of times communication breaks down in hospitals and things go badly. And so I put on my tennis shoes because I, <laughs> there's a lot of running that goes on and dealing with hospital issues and I run up to the hospital and I clear up the communication. I try to get everybody on the same page and make sure, you know, everything gets cleared up. So, you know, right now I'm kind of a Jill of all trades, so you say. I I don't really specialize in one particular area. That's really interesting. We were talking to uh, a practice manager up in New Jersey and she was talking about how there's always an outlier or two where uh, there's some sort of complicated surgery or the patient really wants one of their surgeons to do the surgery. So it could be out of network. And there's just so many different curveballs that come up. And she was talking to us about how she sometimes gets on the phone and says, look, I've talked to the insurance company and I'm not getting far. Maybe you need to call them too. And that sounds like a place where you might be very helpful. Oh, I've done that. Yes, I had a client that needed a, a surgery and you know, it was getting denied and everything like that. And we went to, sometimes you can go to independent review organizations, IROs. Sometimes you can go to external review groups. We took it to external review group. They approved the surgery. We got it done. I had another client who had a procedure done. There was just, there's so many disconnects and mistakes and just human errors, right? So the office thought it was covered, but it wasn't covered. And so we had to, we took that one to external review, got that one covered. But that's not something the average office practice has time to do or can do. And also... As an advocate, having done this for five years now, a lot of times I know a lot of these people by their first name, like the billing people. I'm like, hey, how you doing? How's, you know, how are your kids? How's everything going? You know, that sort of thing. And they're like, hey, how are your girls doing? You know, and we talk about the problem and you get where you start getting all these connections going. And it's just something that the average patient or even healthcare provider just can't do. That's really interesting. And so from a, a cost perspective, I'm assuming that the patient would pay you and, and not just you specifically. I know that 
you know, we talked a little bit before that, that you charge by the hour, which is one way to do it. And you said there are others, other ways that it can be paid for. Some of my colleagues will take a percentage of the money that they save for certain cases. It's an evolving field, so a lot of people do it a lot of different ways. Now, I have always encouraged my clients to at least try to talk to their CPAs to see if they can put it on there as a medical deduction because it's part of healthcare, And that's something that my colleagues and I talk about a lot because we would really like to become, you know, legitimized that way. We now have a board certification. I'm board certified. So we're trying to get where we, so our clients, you know, can take the money they pay us and use that as a, as a medical healthcare deduction. I haven't heard back from any of my clients. They've been successful in that, but I always encourage them to talk to a CPA about it. Because we just can't be paid by the insurance company. We can't be paid by the doctor. We can't be paid by the hospital because then we represent their interest. Understood. So it yeah, has, it's a very, it has come from the client. Important. Yeah, it's a very important thing to note there. You're working for the patient, which brings me to another question. Uh, do you find that the, the hospitals are happy that you're there, that the doctors are happy that you're there, or somewhere in between, or they don't like it, or somewhere in between? Uh, how, how does that work in general? It's interesting. Sometimes the doctors think I'm part of the family. Sometimes they think I'm a nurse, which is kind of sexist, because I could be a doctor Just that's accompanying the patient. <laughs> Just because I'm a woman. Sometimes they don't seem to mind my being there, because I'm always working towards a resolution. I'm always working towards, you know, helping the communication between themselves and the patient. So basically, I have never, in most doctor's offices, they don't give me a chance to introduce myself. You know, doctors rush in, they start the appointment. I try to say, uh, and I am, and I, don't, I can't get the words out. But in hospitals, a lot of times, I will wear my name badge, you know, because name badges are very important hospitals, and they do know who I am, and they do know what I'm doing there, and it's never a contentious thing. It's always me just, I'm going to be here until we resolve this. We're going to keep talking. We're going to fix this, and pretty much, um, you know, with that kind of attitude, what can they do? They can't object to that. I think that's just awesome. I can't tell you how many times I've as a sales rep, I once sold a lot of medical devices in a many, many years ago, a couple of decades ago. And I remember like I'd walk into every hospital and every hospital would have a different system about mm-hmm. how to get where. And I always yeah. thought it was the <laughs> unintuitive modalities that you would come up with. It's like, well, sports, that's blue. You're going <laughs> orthopedics. That's the blue walkway. And I always laugh like, and where would that sign be? You know, it, it just got such right. a Oh, no. Hospitals are like are like mazes. I mean, it is just and when somebody's not feeling well or they're injured, I mean, there's no way to sit there and figure all this stuff out. And also, I always tell my clients, I said, you know, and you get to cry while I talk, because many times, especially in a hospital situation, they are in tears. They're crying. They're upset. There's no way a constructive dialogue is going to happen between them and the hospital staff. But 
I say, okay, here's, here's your tissues. You can cry, and I'm going to be talking and, and fixing and resolving this. Hey, Bonnie, this is Jared. I'm curious because yeah. I think you're just touching on something right there about physically that it's overwhelming. And I wonder just overall, trying to navigate the healthcare system these days really does, at least in, in my mind, it feels overwhelming in a lot of other ways too. It, do you feel that way too? Do you feel that navigating the healthcare system has become more complicated for patients? Oh. Oh, yes. Especially because a lot of my clients are older and you get into the EHRs and the online patient portals and then the insurance plans seems like they get more complicated. And then the state and federal laws keep changing all the time. There's new treatments. There's new procedures. It's so overwhelming. I mean, I try to stay up with it. I'm kind of into it like every single day and I feel like I'm drinking from a fire hose of new information so I can't even imagine what patients you know how patients must feel yeah I'm overwhelmed (laughs) yeah very overwhelmed no and to the point of and here's the problem you know they feel abandoned they feel alone they feel they've been left by the side of the road and I mean I have clients that, you know, sometimes we win the case and sometimes we don't. Sometimes it's a really hard lesson for some of my clients with this is the way the healthcare system works and we've run into a brick wall and that's it. But they're always thankful because somebody was there trying to explain it to them and helping them understand, you know, how things, you know, went badly and how not to do it again. That's kind of, it's a hard lesson sometimes, but it's kind of the way it goes sometimes. So what can we do to make that experience better, like from your standpoint, from what you see? Like, how how do we provide better patient support in general? Ooh, in my perfect world, we would have, I love wraparound clinics. We have several wraparound clinics here in Houston that what they do is, they're mainly for people with like chronic diseases that, or start in childhood and they're going to go through adults and they're going to see them forever for their lifetime. Like we have a neurofibromatosis clinic with Dr. Slopis when he sees them from day one till whenever. And they just have a lot of support. You know, they have a lot of people to staff to work with the patients, make sure they hear them make sure they listen to them, make sure they get the support they le- they need, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> I just had a procedure myself recently, and <laughs> I had to tell the surgeon, I was like, you know, it's a little outpatient day surgery, but I said, I come from a patient education background, and I got to say your patient education materials might be a little bit better improved. And he laughed and he said, nobody reads those. You're the, probably the only person that has read those. No, and I was like, okay. There's no good info. <laughs> so it's like, okay, well, you need to figure out a way to have a staff member or someone or a teach back or some way that, you're having, being sure people are internalizing what you're saying because people get very upset. When I worked at Anderson, 
a lot of times, unfortunately, they would have to call security because communication had broken down and the patient was very upset with a healthcare provider and those were not good days. There needs to be more of this team. There needs to be more of this, this support. And, you know, I think that's where you get a lot of these media stories and news stories where people, you know, they just sound horrible, nightmarish. You know, this happened and this happened, this happened. And I feel like it's one reason they feel like it's such a nightmare is because they were alone. There was nobody there to ask questions. There was no one there to advocate for them. And that's another important thing, you know, is, is to have somebody go and advocate for us when we're ill, when we're injured, when we're whatever. We can't think straight. I always tell people you've got to have somebody go with you, especially like in an ER. You shouldn't go in an ER by yourself if you're ill or injured because there's no way you can communicate with the staff well enough to get all the questions answered and make sure you get the appropriate care and everything like that. So I just, I don't know. That's just my perfect world where everybody has somebody there for them. <laughs> Maybe that's the best way to say it. Yeah. Bonnie, it's interesting that you, that you talk about that feeling of loneliness. We have a family member that has a, a chronic condition and when we first found out about it, it was exactly that. We didn't know where to turn. We didn't know even what the condition was. <laughs> and so you start down this, this rabbit hole of online searching and starting to get advice from people that may or may not be relevant. And you just yeah. kind of can easily get in this spiral. And it, I know that when we were starting to try and solve this problem, we had no idea how to tackle this system, how to tackle this problem other than Let's just keep going back to the doctor until we get some kind of answer. How do people get to you and to other patient advocates as somebody that can help them through that gap, through that feeling of loneliness between I just found out and I don't know what to do to now mm -hmm. I have somebody on my side and we can do this? There's a couple of directories. There's actually another group called Greater National Advocates that just started. And you can find a lot of us online in those directories. And... I always recommend that people, when they call me, I always tell them this is going to be a partnership. I have heard through third-party sources or whatever that there's some advocates that are like, okay, well, I'm going to take over and I'm going to do everything and, you know, you just sit back and I don't do that. I'm like, this is a partnership. We're going to be working together, mainly because I get very fond of my clients. <laughs> that's, a, that's another problem, you know, I, I want to make sure that we can work together. And just always say, you know, check me out online. Look up everything possible about me on LinkedIn, on mm -hmm. Twitter, on Facebook, or whatever, you know. Make sure you're comfortable with me being there for you because this is really important. This is either your physical health or financial health, one of the two. So you need to really, really, you know, feel like we can work together. And I've had to tell a few people that I don't think we're a good fit. I don't think, you know, they'll be like really angry, like we're going to, or when they bring up malpractice, <laughs> that's never a good fit. <laughs> that's always a no-go. <laughs> they go, well, I'm going to do, I'm thinking about malpractice. I'm like, okay, well, good luck. Right. I'm sure there's plenty of attorneys that will talk to you. I was um, thinking about this while you were talking. Um, I've got 
an in-law who's remote, who's getting older. I've got my own parents who are getting older and the thought of one of them getting sick and, and all three of them are intelligent, but they answer questions like, yeah, they're having me take this red pill. <laughs> and I'm always like, what are we in the matrix? Like, what are you taking? And then, and then I've got to, you know, get permission to call the doctor and say that I'm the son and may I ask some questions. And, and usually it's, it's always a polite answer of, oh yeah, here you go. Here's the info. But is that something you get to like, you know, just promote yeah. younger people saying, please help me and the family? Yes, I have been quite a few often. I have a lot of clients, adult children who live outside of Houston, who basically they will call their elderly parents and say, how the doctor's visit go? And they'll go fine. And the adult children are like, no, not fine. It's not fine. So I go with them, if the older parents are okay with me, to the doctor's appointments. And if it's okay with those older parents, I get the adult children signed up to their patient portal because the patient portal is going to keep you from having to make tons of phone calls. You know, how you leave a call for the nurse, the nurse calls back, then you go back and forth, back and forth. Also, you can see, you know, usually some patient portals are better than others. A lot of times you can see the medical records. You can see kind of what medications have been prescribed. You know, you can see all those kind of things. So, yes, I have gone quite often with elderly parents to doctor's appointments and that sort of thing and ask certain questions. And also, you know, the important thing is a lot of times when doctors will come in, and this will happen to almost any patients, you know, the doctor will start talking about what they want to talk about. Mm. So I had one older couple and they were getting ready to move to where their adult children were. You know, they were moving out away from Houston. And the doctor was talking about this long-range treatment plan. And, of course, they wanted to go along with the doctor. They were like, okay, well, yeah, you know, the doctor said. And I kept saying, no, 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 doctor, you have to understand they are moving in three months. Let's go back to this point. We need to reconfigure and see, make this treatment plan work with that timeline rather than just have them just sit there and agree to what the doctor said. I also, you know, I have clients, you know, a lot of times they don't really know how to talk to doctors. So a lot of times they, they'll tell me what's most important to them. I have a client right now that has a big family event coming up next year. That's like number one for that client, that big family event. And so if the doctor starts talking about this, 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 and this, and it doesn't, you know, it's not going to cause that client to reach that goal. I'm going to just mention it to the doctor and say, by the way, this is a goal we're going for. And this is, you know, we need your help reaching that goal. So otherwise, the doctor, the doctor can't read the patient's mind. I mean, they're not going to go, oh, I wonder if this person has a big family event coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Bonnie, it's interesting. One of the different solutions I've seen out there for this kind of situation is that there are more apps that are out there, more scenarios where patients can record their appointment with the doctor for these kinds of reasons so that adult children can listen back to the appointment. But there's a lot of concern and even legality, depending on which state you're in and all of that fun stuff about making sure that everybody's aware that you're recording, all that kind of stuff. But it's 
it's very interesting the way that we're talking through this and you're able to not only relay back to the adult children, but also bring concerns in. It's a two-way path instead of just grabbing information and dumping it out somewhere else. Right. And I have recorded, I don't have a rule against recording any psychiatric visits that I accompany clients with. I just feel like that's crossing a line. And the psychiatrists always say no. And within reason, I mean, that's, well, that's very understandable. But I've asked many other doctors if I could record, and they say yes, and that is fantastic. I put it into a Dropbox. All the adult children have access to that Dropbox password. They all listen to it. They can hear the doctor's voice. So they not only hear that the doctor's saying, you know, we need to do this, this, and this, this treatment, but they hear the tone of the doctor's voice. And they'll say, oh, that doctor's really kind to my parents. I'm like, yes, that doctor's very kind. So it's not just my opinion or my take on it. It's they get to participate. That is so awesome. Uh, Bonnie, is the best way for somebody to get in touch with you if they wanted to work with you? Is that just through your website, HoustonHealthAdvocacy.com? Yes. And I'm trying to, this week I'm working on launching, I'm going to try to launch workshops because I want to make people more proactive. And one of my colleagues has a saying, people always call us, people should call us when they smell smoke, but instead they call us when there's flames shooting out of their house. (laughs) So I'm hoping to start some educational type workshops. I'm still developing those. But I just see this great need for everybody to start understanding the healthcare system better so they don't get so lost. I think that's a great idea. It really is. Thank you again, Bonnie. The Paradigm Shift of Healthcare is brought to you by P3 Inbound. You can find our full archive of episodes and interview transcripts at paradigmshift.health and recommend a guest or topic on Twitter at P3 Inbound. Thanks again for tuning in to the Paradigm Shift of Healthcare. This program is brought to you by P3 Inbound, marketing for ortho, spine, and neural practices. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.